again, church. Are we okay? Should I say Christmas? <laughs> All right. Wow. It's December, right? <laughs> and the month of Jesus is already here. Praise the name of the Lord. I am going to continue uh, on, our, on, our service, on our topic that we began last week on what's in a name. What is in a name? And Pastor Lina last Sunday took us quite an amazing and quite interesting understanding about what is behind the name and the meaning that are found behind the names that we give to our children and the names that we do have, each one of us, and leading us to the names of God and depicting the character of God and depicting about who God is and how he wants to appear or present himself to us. Now we're continuing today. Uh, I, you know, there's just something that we have to understand. Today we're going to look at Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. So that's why we're going to look at the Lord who heals Jehovah Rapha. They, the Jewish people, they would call him in their language, Yahweh Rapha. You know, like they would call him Yahweh Rapha, the Lord that heals Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who is so powerful such that there is no sickness, there is no disease that he cannot heal. You know, and just as we thinking about the names of God and just, you know, the names of God conveys the truth of his power. When we're talking about the names of God, it carries, it envelops the power of God and what he's able to do in our lives. It displays also his love, his sovereignty, his authority, his, his, uh, his feeling towards us as his children. His, it, his names also are talking about how he is on top of everything because he created everything. He created you and he created me. And how he desires so much to have that relationship, that intimate relationship with you as his loved ones. And the Lord is revealing to us in the Bible, many times the Lord revealed himself to us so as to be able to uh, display or show us who he is and how he wants to relate to us. You find that every name that we'll be learning or talking about show, is showing how God wanted to relate to his people. It shows the relationship and between God and his people and what God was saying that this is how I want to relate with you. You can trust me. You can trust me in this. And I can, I am the Lord who sees you. I am the Lord who is with you. I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who provides for all your care, for all your needs. I am the Lord, your creator. I am the Lord, your God. He's showing us, he's, he's speaking to us and showing us how he's able to do all things, and now he's above all things. And today, he's declaring to us that I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord who heals you. I want us to go to Exodus 15. Uh, I'll start from verse 22. Going, I know Nicholas has read through onto verse 
2026, and we've been hearing through the theme of the service today about the same scripture. I'd love to build on that, uh, starting, I'll read verse 22 up to verse 24, and then I'll go on to read uh, three, four or more verses uh, that. The Bible says, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place was called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? What do we drink? I'll quickly go on. It's not on your screen, but I want you to listen to me. From verse 25, listen to what now happened. The Bible says, And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log or a tree, and he, he cut it and threw it in the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a, a law and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For the Lord, for I am the Lord your God, your healer. Then they came to a place called Elim. There, there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. And they encamped there by the water. Let me, let me just take you before this. Let me take you uh, slightly before this time happened. The Israelites came from Egypt where they were in slavery for over 400 years. And then the Lord delivered them by his might power. The Lord led them out of Egypt. Then they had a water problem. Three days later, they had a water problem. They had a water problem. They found the Red Sea. It was at its peak. It was flowing with water, filled up to capacity with water they could not cross. We know the story. When they, they had a water problem, the Lord came through for them. The problem they had was the abundance of water. The water was a hindrance for them from reaching or going into the promised land. And then on this particular place, the Lord says, stand today and see that I am the Lord. I am Adonai. Stand today and know that I am Yahweh Adonai. I am the Lord, your God. I am your leader. I am your shepherd. I will save you and make way where there is no way. Then we know the story. The Lord instructed Moses and the Lord parted the Red Sea. One million people crossed like on the dry ground to march right in the destination, in the direction where the Lord was leading them. Where they passed and where they crossed, their enemies could not. The armies of Egypt drowned in the same path. So if you are like one of them who says that, no, the water was dried by then. You know, the Red Sea had come to a point where you can cross and it was not. Then it was like, wow, 
it was so much a miracle such that on the same crossing water that the Israelites crossed, the Egyptians died. They were so short, and the Egyptians, the Israelites were so giant, such that the water could reach them in the knees, but the Israelites could drown. But if that doesn't make sense, then it shows what a miracle is, that the Lord parted the water, and his people passed on the dry ground. God solved the water problems that the Israelites had, and they crossed, and on the same place, their enemies drowned, and they saw their bodies floating on the banks of the Red Sea. Now, after that, we see the women's league. You know, the women, uh, the ladies' committee came up, and they were singing. Miriam and her women, fellow women, they were singing with tambourines, with flutes, with harps, and saying, God has delivered us. He is so wonderful. Oh, the Lord is our God. He is Jehovah Adonai. And today they were like, Adonai, your name is God. They worshipped the Lord and glorified him. When they were done worshipping and glorifying the Lord, the Lord led them through the wilderness. He's saying, there's no other way to go to the promised land. Yours is to pass through the desert. Some of you have lived or seen a desert before. You understand what I'm talking about. That is a place without shadows. No long trees to hide under. It's a place where the sand is so mercilessly hot. It's a place where the rains, is, the rains don't even heat most of the time. You know that the wilderness is quite a place. And we know it from our lives when we, are, we talk about the wilderness experience and when things are bad and when things are not happy, when you are not at your best. The Lord said, you are going to march right at it and you have to trust me. Because he told them that stand here today and know that I am the Lord, your Savior. They had to walk through the desert. They had to walk through that wilderness. And the Bible tells us that they moved three days. From the place where God had performed a miracle or saved them from the problem of water. And they moved three days without any water to drink. Without finding waters, without finding springs, without finding anything in the desert. For three days, children, adults, toddlers, youths, young adults, older people, animals, all together had to move for three days without anything to drink. They were thirsty for water. They were thirsty for something. They were so thirsty. Imagine yourself three days. How many hours of that? 72? Hours without, without water to drink. And not that you are in the shade. Not that you are seated on one place, in one place, but you are walking through the sun in the hot sand of the desert. You would be very thirsty by the time uh, you reach to a place. So the Bible says after three days, they reached to a place called, they, they had to name that place. They named it Mara. So they reached to a place which was not so much a desert, a wilderness as as, as they had passed through, the place was promising. It was, it, it, there was sign of life on there. And the Bible says that they found some water or a spring of water in one place. 
and then they rushed to go and drink. Their animals rushed to go and drink. But what happened was that the water was so bitter. The water that was so bitter. The water they thought this is now salvation. This is now deliverance. This is now a solution. The Bible said the water was so bitter. And people would think, or maybe, yeah, I think the water was bitter as a result of maybe it was full of infections or full of, you know, parasites and all that, everything in the water. The water was bitter. Of course, maybe it was, it was a pool of water which was there for a very long time. There were all kinds of insects and animals that could have drunk from that same well or spring. So it was not good to drink and it was not clean. It was so bitter. Now there, they cried. They, they had to break down. You can sense they had endured a little bit for three days because there was a miracle that was sustaining them. Now it was too long and it too for, uh, long forgotten. They had to reach at a place now where they wanted a fresh pool of water, a fresh move, encounter and touch and all that, but that could not provide. They had to cry. They, they had to break down. They were like, what is this now? What do we do now here? And they complained, they murmured, they grumbled. They had to tell Moses, what are we to drink here? That's verse 24 we read. And they started wishing to go back to Egypt. They started wishing to go back in a place where it was worse than where they were. They did what we do best when we are in issues, in situations, in bad places. Complain, murmur, grumble, bitterly cry. <laughs> and you hear it from prayers. You hear it from songs that are sung during that period of time. <laughs> Have you heard such songs? <laughs> You've never? <laughs> I don't want to sing some of these songs here. <laughs> but they are there showing the bitterness of the heart. Sometimes it's like, Lord, you seem so far away, a million miles away from me, you know? <laughs> You've heard such songs? They cried, they complained, they bitterly complained, and they were, they were making some sort of a movement to go back because they needed a miracle. You know, the water was bitter, and they named it Mara, meaning deadly, bitterness. If you understand very well, actually, you see that it was not about the bitterness of the water as it was the bitterness in their own hearts. The problem was not God. The problem was not the water. I think the problem was people's heart's condition. Why do I say so? Because it was just three days when God performed an incredible miracle never seen before. Just three days after, they forgot, they forgot what God can do. They did what they thought was right in their own eyes. They had to cry and they had to do all sorts of things. And that revealed the status of their heart. That's why the Bible says the Lord God tested them. They didn't even know that they were going through a faith test. God had so much ahead of them. By the way, God had prepared for them 12 springs of water. 
ahead of them, just few minutes or few kilometers ahead of them. God had already prepared better water, but he had to test them with the bitter water to see if their hearts were bitter, to see if at all they had faith in God or they had faith in the miracles that God can do. We see it in the time of Jesus that people came to Jesus not because he was God and had a word from heaven, but because he was making miracles of bread and fish. And Jesus had to test them. No more bread, no more fish. How many people remained? Twelve. <laughs> Out of thousands. And he told them, you come to me because you want bread. But I'm telling you, I have much more better thing to give to you. The weight of life than food that perishes. So God had to test their faith. They had forgotten. They forgot what God had done. Maybe you are here also going through bitter life situation. Maybe it could be in your finances. Because of in your, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family, and the solution seems to be so far-fetched. And the best you can do is to grumble, to murmur, to complain. And the best maybe you can do is to like, okay, I'm going to drink now. I'll drink beer until I am dead. Maybe I'll go smoke. Maybe I'll go throw myself around, around boys or girls because my situation does not allow. Well, you have reasons to do all those things. But is that reason good enough? How does that bring about solution to your problem? These guys' complaints or complaining did not bring about solutions. There was one thing that God was looking forward was their trust in him. Their trust, their faith in God. You know, there are times in life when we have problems and we can't seem to have situations, no human explanations, no human solution. Why don't we try to run to God? Not even trying. Uh, the best solution is to try to run to God and say, Lord, I may not understand this. I don't know how to go about this, but I come to you. In this my sickness, in this my disease, in this my condition, in this my predicament, in this life situation, Lord, I come to you. For only you are my healer. Only you are Adonai. Only you are Rapha. I trust in you, Lord. For you are able to do what no man can do. I want you to understand something. That when God allows you into a situation where you can't see a way out. It could be because God doesn't want you to see a way out. And the reason could be because he wants to take all the glory when he comes and show up in the sin. God wants to come. Jesus was asked, is this man sick or blind because of his sin? Is this man blind because he has been sinner, his parents were a sinner? Then Jesus says, not all sicknesses as a result of sin. But God had left it so, so that his glory today may be made manifest. And you know what Jesus did? He showed up and healed a blind man. And God was glorified. There are situations or sicknesses which comes upon our lives like verse 26 said that God allowed sicknesses and diseases on the Egyptians because they were rebellious 
from God. They, were, they did not love and know God. There are sicknesses and diseases that comes in our lives because we have exposed ourselves to rebellion against God. There are also sicknesses and diseases that comes in our lives because of things in our atmosphere, in the air, polluted things. You know, our atmospheres are not clean. They are filled up with so many things. All of you here have got phones and all your phones are working right in the things that you cannot see. There's a network. TVs and radios and everything else. Our, our atmosphere, our air is always so polluted with so many things and human experiment. Some of those things causes diseases and sicknesses to us. At times, God also allows things to come to us. But you know what? In the end, he is the healer. He is the only one with a solution to humans' sicknesses. He is the only one who has a final say. When everything seems not to make sense to you, I want you to run to God, for only he has a final say. He knows everything and no one, not even the most clever scientist knows everything. Not even the most clever doctor or anyone else knows everything. No one is all-knowing. Only God is all-knowing. There may not be answers sometimes to our questions, what we call the one billion question called why. <laughs> there may not always be an answer to a why question, but I want to tell you that God always an, has an answer to our problems. We may not know why things have happened and why things happen that way and why things are happening to me and why things and why things are not moving well to you, but I know God knows. He wants you to trust him when you run to God, when you trust God, when you come to him, he says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the one who heals you. You may be saying, oh, maybe the preacher is talking only about the pain in my body or sickness in my body. God does not only heal us. Sickness in our body is not the only disease or sickness that man is facing with. We have emotional sicknesses. We have spiritual diseases. We have physical diseases. We have issues as humans in our lives, in our spirit, in our makeup. In, but we need the, the healer. And he came, the Bible says in Psalm 107 and verse 20 that I have come. I sent my word to heal you and deliver you from your destruction. Nothing, no destruction will come to your doorstep because I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord, your healer. May his healing touch your life today in the name of Jesus. I don't know what you are facing this morning. You may have tried. You may have prayed. You may have sought for healing and you may have gone everywhere to find for healing and to, to seek God for healing and things may not have happened. I wanted to tell you this morning that God never fails. He is not yet done with you. God is not done with you. He is here. You may be struggling, but be encouraged that with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with him. He wants you to put your faith in him. He wants you to put your faith in him. What are the keys that do we need to have? The first key that I'm thinking about in my mind, what are things that we do we need to, to then to do to be different from the Israelites? Number one, we need to submit to his divine authority based on his word. God has given us everything in his word. His word is final. He has exalted it above everything else. 
if we hold God by his word. Hold God at his word. He says, I am not man that I may lie. I am not a son of man that I may promise and not fulfill. If I have declared, if I have promised on your life, it shall come to pass. And he has promised healing for our spiritual, for our physical, for our emotional sicknesses. God is able to touch us and transform our lives if we hold dear to his word. His word has a final say. His word is everything that we need. He has provided everything we need through his word. The other thing we have to know is that trials teach and strengthens us. God allows trials, God allows tests and, and all these bad things to happen to us, to grow us, to grow our faith. We may not understand why is the Lord allowing this. We may not always like it, but God wants to strengthen us. God wants to teach us. God wants us to grow and be at a point where we can trust him even more than anyone else or anything else. Why do tests and trials come to us? I feel like tests provide an opportunity to know more about God and learn about yourself and grow in faith. Tests and trials can be seen as an opportunity to grow you. They don't grow God. <laughs> they grow you. Trials make us strong. It is out of situations and problems that men or people have found cures. I found answers. I found their faith to only lean and be steady in God and nothing else. Also, tests and trials, they develop spiritual endurance. We are stronger when tested. We are stronger when tested and found not wanting, but standing strong on God. Trials and temptations will come to us. Even the Bible says in Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, <laughs> I will be with you. Through the fires, I will be with you. Through the storms, I will be with you. It's not saying that I will take you out of storms. Is that what the Bible is saying? It's saying I am with you. Through the fire, through the storms, through the water, I am with you. I, God does not leave us nor forsake us. He is always with us. He's a friend that sticks closer to us than a brother. Jesus promised in his last word on earth, uh, in the Bible, Jesus said, I am with you always to the end of the age. He is with us. He is the Lord that heals us. Yahweh, our healer. Yahweh, Rapha. You know, it is a rare thing to travel from mountaintop to mountaintop without having a valley in between. Do you know that? And our lives are not like everything is just fine. I don't think it's a right thing to expect that everything will just be smooth and running fast in our lives. There will be mountaintop experiences where things are okay. We are on top of things. And there will be times when we are down in the valleys. There will be times when we don't even know the way out. But through them all, the Lord is saying that I am with you. I am present. I am here to heal you. Are you full of bitterness in your heart? Is your heart broken because of life situations? Maybe you have sicknesses and diseases in your body and there's no cure, there's no solution. You've prayed and you've longed and you've sought Lord for it and nothing is coming through. I want you today to trust God that he still loves you. He's so good. Even when things are not going well, God is so good. 
God is saying we need to have faith in him and the faith that leads to healing. This morning, if there is anything that will make you change the course of your life, is developing faith that leads to healing. In John chapter, uh, in John, let me just read this scripture to us as we will be praying. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38, the Bible says, this is Jesus declaring, on the last day and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and called out in a loud voice. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from within him. He was speaking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus is promising something so outstanding here. Come to me, you are thirsty. Come to me and I will give you the sources of water that will spring from within you. Not from anywhere else. From within us. The Holy Spirit is here. Is within us. He is with us. And God is able to bring healing. He's able to heal us. If you are sick, if you are emotionally, spiritually, or things are not going well and things don't seem to move well and you need the healing touch of God, he's saying that I have springs of the living waters. After Mara, he led them to a place called Elim. And on the place called Elim, there were 12 springs of water. How many tribes do the Jewish people have? Twelve tribes. Each tribe had their own private swimming pool. From bitter water to fresh springs of water. Better than swimming pool because springs of water, it is a source of fresh living water. Taste water. We need to, go to hold God by his word. There are times when it doesn't make sense. Just imagine about Moses. The water is bitter. He was told to get a bitter tree and throw in the water. Bitter plus bitter makes bitterest. <laughs> oh, sweet plus sweet is sweeter. Is there a better way than bitter? You know, what's the worst word of bitter? Is it bitter? Bittest? Bitrus? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just a little bit of humor there. But the bitter water was already bitter, as if it was not bitter enough. He had to add a bitter tree in it. And you know what? God defiled the chemistries and the nature and purified the water with a log. I'm glad we don't know what kind of tree that was. Because the way I know Zambian women, that tree would have extinct. They are masters of herbs and all these trees. And <laughs> Sorry, ladies, but isn't that true? 
all the spices in our town are gone because, not because people are eating, but because they have these ways of slimming diet, beauty parlor, and all those things out of there. Now, if they had to know that tree, man, I would kill for that tree. But the Lord made sure that it is not known because the faith was not in a tree, but in his word. He said, even a stone, he could have even taken a stone and throw it in there. The water would have still been safe. If you hold God by his word, even when it doesn't make sense to you, miracles come. There are people in the Bible who did things that did not make sense, and it brought healing. Example, the guys that had to break the roof to lower their friends. That was like a stick throwing in the water, you know. And their friend was healed. There are actions that people have taken in the Bible, like a lady with an issue of blood for 12 years. You know your problem, and you have to go route in the hundreds and hundreds of people so as to just touch the aim of this coming. It doesn't make sense, right? People like the most richest man in town to go and climb the tree. What an embarrassment. Young guys would do that, but this man was rich and famous and well-known. Zacchaeus, he had to climb the tree, but because of that act that did not make sense, his faith to meeting the Lord provided healing to his spiritual diseases. Some of us are too smart and too composed to do anything that does not make sense. Even when God is saying that, do this, you'll see my hand. Are you willing to hold God by his word? I want us to believe God today, together. And I want to, to assure you that ahead of you, there are springs of living water within you is a spring of the living water that God can provide to you. I want us to close our eyes and I will invite the worship team to the stage. I want us to pray together. And I want us to take the Holy Communion together. As we believe God. As we declare that I believe you are my healer. I believe you are more than enough for me. What is it that you are facing what is it that you are going through? The healer is right in this house. Let's just believe in him. Can I ask you just to be upstanding? We are going to pray for the Holy Communion. As you take it, we want you to believe God for healing in whatever problems that you are going through. Remember, the answer was not in the bitter tree in the water. The answer was in God. But he had to use at least the tree because people need evidence. People need something they can do. Jesus has provided us healing in his body, in his blood. And that's the reason why we take the Holy Communion is to be reminded of what Jesus has done and what he has accomplished. Ladies and gentlemen, you can just slip it. You can hold it. You can hold the. Let us pray. And then we are going to, you, you are going to just walk in front. 
and take the Holy Communion. Go with where you are and pray and say, God, I believe you are my healer. I believe you can make all things new. I believe you can make my life better. Change my life today. Father Lord, we thank you because you are our healer. We thank you because you've done all things and you've made it new. If anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Lord, you said, those, everyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Those who are heavy burdened, come and receive rest from me. Lord, you sent your word to heal us and to deliver us. I pray, Lord, even as we take the Holy Communion, that may you bless it. May it, does the, may it do the work of healing in our lives, Lord. Bless it, Lord. Use it, Lord, as healing to purify us, to sanctify us, to strengthen us, to give us faith, Lord, even through our trials, through our wilderness, through our journey of life, Lord. We trust in you and we believe in you, our Lord. Thank you, Father. We believe in what you did on the cross of Calvary, Jesus. You healed us from sicknesses of sin, spiritual diseases, and physical diseases. And you said it is finished. Presented us to you, Lord. We declare faith in your word. We stand, Lord, by what you have promised. And hold dear to it and surrender to you this morning. As we partake of the Holy Communion, bless us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Touch us, Holy Spirit. Anoint us, O oh God. Strengthen us, O oh Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus.